Hey, it's Rob. This podcast is a great example of the power of cultivating a championship mindset and elevating your performance. If you want to get to the next level, then my Design Your Best Self personal growth program is for you. You can sign up at robcressy.com backslash best. It is guaranteed to change your life. Now time for the show. First question, tell me one thing you do to create your best year ever. Okay, best year ever. I think, I think the one thing I do to set myself up is I'm just consistent. I'm, I show up every day, rain or shine, pain or not, like not pain, like if I'm sick, obviously, but I do the work every day. That's my, I think if, if you had to say one thing about my, my effort across, whether it's in, in sports, athletics, in business and work, it's that I show up. I'm, I'm always there. I'm reliable. I may not be the, you know, the fastest, the smartest, the strongest, the, the most talented, but I am the most consistent and I can always, I move the needle every day. You know what I'm saying, Rob? I move it a little bit. There's, some days there's tons of motion. Some days it's very, it's negligible, but I'm always moving towards my goal. Oh, baby, you are speaking my language because one of my favorite books that changed my life was The Power of Consistency by Weldon Long. And when you understand that greatness is doing the same small thing over and over and over and over again, it will change your life. And welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can create your best year ever. And I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And oh, am I excited for today's episode. And everyone, you are in for a treat. Joining me today is Leah Jansen, performance coach. Leah, great to have you on the show. Awesome to be here, Rob. What great energy. I'm so pumped. Yes. So you and I met because we are both part of Jesse Itzler's Build Your Life Resume community. And more specifically, uh, we ran Driveway to Hell in Rome, Georgia, an up and downhill half marathon, 13 times down, 13 times up. And it's where you and I passed each other with smiles, over and over again, and then we follow each other on Instagram, and it just so happens we're both coaches, we're both about this life, and that's how we got to where we are right now. I love it. I love when like-minded people come together and have that shared energy, because I think I think that's what a lot of people get from us, Rob. It's like, wow, I feel her energy. I feel his energy. I want some of that. I want some of that. And we light up for them. And then that light, they grab our light and our energy, and then they run with that. And I think that's, you know, when you recognize what your gift is on this planet, you know, it's like, you just want to do it all the time. Right? So when I saw you, I had seen you in the BYLR community. I knew who you were, but I'd never met you before. And then when we met at driveway to hell, you didn't disappoint. Same energy, same positive outlook, and just chugging along on a very difficult, very challenging day um, for both of us, for everybody there, but really one of the most fun events I've ever been to, the most unique event I think I've ever been to, right? Yeah, and one of my favorite quotes is, you cannot give to others that which you are not experiencing yourself. 
So the way that we show up and the way that we radiate, huh, crazy concept. How do I attract Leah into my life? Well, when I'm on this level and you're on this level and we both want to help a ton of people, boom, like attracts like. So what we're going to talk about today is a few things. We're going to talk about your self-talk, your bitch voice versus your boss voice. We're going to talk about the perspective of this will be hard versus this will be easy. We're going to talk about how you show up, and you talked about it at the very beginning, the power of consistency. And then lastly, we're going to talk about designing growth into your life. And before we get to all of that, Leah, at the very beginning, before we started recording, we were talking about being coaches. And I call myself a personal growth coach, even though uh, I don't say it actively. I consider myself a creating coach. Why? Because I help, I help people create two ways internally and externally internally their mindset their heart set externally whether you want to launch a podcast and build your brand or create the actions the habits the routines the mindsets the ways of being to create more of what you want in your life but of course Nobody is actually out there in the world being like, I'm searching for a creating coach. And when I was asking you how you wanted to be introduced here uh, on your Instagram, it says performance coach. Then we both started to chuckle because I was like, yeah, nobody knows what that is. You're like performance coach. What is that? <laughs> it's so true. You know, I think I chose that because again, I'm, I'm a life coach. Initially I was a general life coach. Then I started doing triathlons and, and marathons and a lot of, um, co competition. So I was like, and I'm a competitor, but I always, I called myself the scrappy athlete because I wasn't super, you know, I wasn't again, the strongest, the fastest, the most, the most um, talented athlete, but I was the scrappiest because I fought really hard. I figured things out. I learned how to, you know, find that angle. And I had serious mental toughness that I could just tap into. So I said, People were like, how do you do that, Leah? Teach me how to do that. I want to perform at my highest level when it counts, you know, because sometimes people train and they do all these things and then the day comes and they can't access that. They can't execute on what they were practicing. So I do a lot of work with people on how to, you know, come up on race day or whatever day it is, game day, and, and execute and be successful and perform at the level you know you can. So, that, there's a, so that's kind of what I, I do from as a coach now. <laughs> All right. And you mentioned I coach people to perform at the highest levels. And for me, when it comes to performance, probably the number one thing that helps is understanding your self-talk and whether you're running a marathon or an Ironman or you're just waking up today to make this the best day of your life. And we all have a choice for how we show up every single day. Our self-talk is something that can either serve us or limit us and take us further away from where we want to go. And the tricky thing is the self-limiting voice, AKA the bitch voice is always going to be there. So even when you are of the highest performer and even when you have a bulletproof mindset and a routine that is designed to stack positive inputs where you're in control of the story that you tell yourself, you and I, Leah, we even have days or moments in which our bitch voice, and I certainly see this on your social media, where you're getting ready to swim 3,500 yards and you really don't feel like doing it. And I know this, of course, whether we're training for a marathon or doing 75 hard or whatever it's going to be, yeah. you sit there and it's 
5, 11 a.m. in the morning and you have a 45-minute workout to do and you sit there and you're like, this is the last thing that I would want to do. But when it comes to performance and being the best version of yourself and getting more out of your life and becoming great, your ability to live in your boss voice by saying, you know what? Step one, let's recognize when that self-limiting uh, voice is there. You're like, oh, there's that voice that I don't want to do something. Step two, the trigger. All right, now that that is there, what am I going to do? And then step three, using that trigger for action to get you to do one thing. Cool, put your shoes on, lace up whatever, just so you live in action. Let's talk about bitch voice versus boss voice because this single heat, this single thing is the game changer of all game changers when it comes to performance and happiness. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think what I want people to know, whoever's listening right now, you look at Rob and you say, wow, that guy is so motivated. You look at me, Ironman, Kona qualifier, five-time Boston Marathon runner. We have all these, all this credibility. It is still hard for us every single day. It is hard for everyone. It is hard for, and when I say hard, they, we all have the moments where we want to quit. We all have the moments where we don't want to do this. I was in a race last weekend and I was just mentally struggling. And all I could think about was, man, what if I just fall? Then I can just tap out. Not What if I twist my ankle in the middle of this race? Then I can stop because it was, it was painful. It was hard. And my bitch voice was like, Leah, you don't need to do this race. You don't need to prove anything. Who cares if you don't do well or if you stop? Or like, We're all battling that inner voice all the time. It's a constant struggle. You have, my advice is you have to be prepared for it. You have to have, you have to be weaponized against it. You have to have an arsenal in your, you know, toolbox or whatever you want to call it that is ready to, to talk to those moments because they're going to come up. They come up. So what I always say is practice the way you want to play, right? So practice the way you want to play in the game. So when you're out there training or whatever it is you're doing for writing a book and you need to keep writing, you're going to have those moments in your training or in your writing where you're like, I don't want to do this. This sucks. Who cares if I quit my run? That's when you have to practice that, get that boss voice to be like, no way, Leah, you're not quitting on this. Yesterday I had a run. I was crying. It was just so hard at the end and I had to speed at the end and I wanted to cry and I'm going up a hill, Rob. And I'm like, I can just walk. No one's, no one cares, right? Who's watching me? There's no race. I said, no, don't quit on you. Don't quit on you because if I quit on me in that in that training run, guess what's going to happen on race day? I'm going to quit. I'm going to be like, eh, whatever. So you have to practice how you want to perform. So mental toughness and that self-talk doesn't just show up on race day. It doesn't just show up like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be mentally tough in my training, but you know, on race day, I'm going to overcome all the demons. It never works that way. If we don't practice it, like we practice our running and we work out every day, you're not gonna have that muscle. That mental toughness muscle is not going to be built. So that's my best advice is to get, you know, that bitch voice, it's there daily, like daily. For me, at least, and I, I'm just speaking for myself, but I think that a lot of people look at, you know, elite athletes and and high performers as, well, they don't have to worry about that. They don't, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't stress about those things. 
No, they do. They've just figured out how to overcome it. And the pain of regret for me is 10 times worse than the temporary pain of running up that hill, dying. That's going to end in a minute or five minutes or whatever. But giving up on myself, I got to live with that for the rest of the day. Can't do it. Won't do it. And one of my favorite quotes is prepare for what's difficult when it's easy. And Mm -hmm. I'll even yes and that, that one of my favorite books, which last week I just read for the second time is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, which is really a book around mindset and adversity and what stands in the way becomes the way. So to be an elite performer, you sit there and you take what would normally limit most people and you say, I'm going to turn this into an opportunity. And if you think about the way that this uh, compresses and almost multiplies your power, you're taking what would limit other people and by design, you're doing it when you're not even supposed to be doing the thing. And a simple thing that I've done for the years and certainly being part of the Build Your Life Resume community, you know, about this is cold water therapy. And I learned this from Tony Robbins a long time ago. And it was around building courage in your life. And it's like, we would all say we would love to have a little bit more courage in our life, right? Sure. But how in the world do we create more courage? Are we going to stand at a four-way intersection and wait for a grandmother to be there and to, to walk her across? No. But we have the opportunity to microdose courage. And how can you do that? By jumping in a cold shower every single day. Because trust me when I say 100 times out of 100, when you jump into a freezing cold shower, it is freezing cold. It takes courage to do that. The same way, Leah, it takes courage for you when you're sitting there in that car and you don't want to go and do that swim and you're exercising that same muscle. So prepare for what's difficult when it's easy. Microdose, microdose, microdose. You're getting a drip, a drip, a drip. And for me, there's a podcast that I have about uh, how my mindset saved my life where I had a near-death experience running a marathon where I passed out at mile 25 and a half with a heat stroke and I almost died on the course with a a body temperature of 107 degrees. And one of the things that I attribute Uh, staying alive to is my mindset. You know what that was? Prepare for what's difficult when it's easy. Little did I know, I can see the finish line that I would wake up at some point later staring at the top of a medical tent packed head to toe in ice trying to stay alive. Boom, prepare for what's difficult when it's easy because you might get thrust into a near-death experience where you say, all right, we've... We understand how to process these things. Don't panic. Listen, what, you, what can you can control? Well, I can see and I can control my thoughts. All right, if I'm speaking, I'm alive. Cool, just speak something. I'm a Steelers fan. The Steelers are playing a ra- the Raiders. Oh, I'm a fighter. I'm going to live over and over again. Process, boom, all of a sudden I stayed alive. So you never know when you're going to need it. And it just so happens that I'm the shining example of it saved my life. Wow, that's insane. That's crazy. I did not know that. Holy cow. Did they yeah, wheel you across the finish line so that you could finish? Well, of course. So my, uh, my watch is still going there. And my, my, unfortunately for my parents and my wife and my in-laws, they were all there with me as well, uh, rooting me on to uh, 
complete what would have been my first marathon. And actually, this is a fantastic transition because I wasn't even planning on talking about this. But Leah, one of the things that you had mentioned is you started running later in your life, running your yeah. first marathon at 42. And for yeah. me, I just completed my first marathon at 41. So eight years later, I had my redemption story. I ran the Pittsburgh Marathon as my Masogi this year. I think that was in May. And Leah, when you and I met two weeks later at Driveway to Hell, I had just finished my Masogi. I had just completed my first marathon. So one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of people, which I relate to, is air quotes, I am not a runner that uh, for many of us who did not grow up running cross country, we don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what I want to do? I want to go run five miles. Yeah, we like to go to brunch or play basketball or watch Netflix or do a podcast, but we don't like to run. So therefore, we say to ourselves, well, I don't do any of these things. I don't identify with this. Therefore, I am not a runner. And that self-limiting story is the thing that stops people from getting all of the benefits of running. Yeah, there's the physical side and the pushing your side, but the community benefits. That's what I love the most about Driveway to Hell and being part of the Big Ass Calendar Club is the community of people because there's the pulse and people are all different shapes and sizes. So can you give a quick nugget on you running your first marathon at 42 to give some hope and inspiration to someone listening right now that says, uh, I'm not a runner, but maybe I'm open to the possibility of it. Yeah, I think we, we put ourselves, we, ha we have all these self-limiting beliefs. And they're, look, it's a protection. It's a method of protection. It's, it's an ego thing. Like, oh, I'm not a runner, so I'm not going to even try that. It's an easy way to say, oh, I have a bad knee. Or, oh, I, I, you know, in gym class, I was always the last kid picked. So I'm not an athlete. I'm not a runner. I don't do that. You know, if you see me running, there's someone chasing me. That's always the joke they give me. Um, I didn't do any of that. I never did track or, you know, cross country or any running um, I had kids, I have four children. So from age 30 to age 40, I pretty much was a full-time mom. I was either pregnant or nursing or, you know, whatever. I didn't do any, really any sports at all, Rob, but I would like occasionally push a jogging stroller around the neighborhood to lose some baby weight. And, you know, I, I would go for a run here and there just because that's what we did in college. We didn't have Pelotons and, you know, I think, I mean, I'm older than you. So it was back before any of that stuff. There was no, you know, I mean, there were a couple of fitness classes, but you put on a pair of sneakers and you ran out the door. So I did a little of that, Rob, but then I just decided, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I did a 5k with local people and they're like, Oh, you know, you you're pretty, you can run. I go, Oh, I guess I can run. I don't know. Anybody can run. I feel like if you're, if you have a body, you're an athlete. That's what I say. So next thing you know, I met, like you said, the, I met a community of people that were so inspiring to me. I didn't know this whole world existed of runners people that met at five o'clock in the morning and ran together. They, they're called the vampires by here, the vampire crew. And they run at 5 a.m. And I was like, you people are insane. Like next thing you know, I'm meeting them at 5 a.m. and I'm running. And next thing you know, they're like, we're gonna do the marathon here on, on Long Island. It was the first marathon on this one particular uh, Suffolk County marathon. I go, I think I'm gonna do this. I didn't know anything, Rob. I didn't have a GPS watch. I didn't know pace, nothing. But you know, you, you have to live life. Like I, I didn't know what was going to happen. So at 42, I ran a marathon and now I've done 11 of them. I mean, it's like, 
and then and then I started doing triathlon because somebody said, oh, you should you should do triathlon. I go swim. Rob, I'd never swam a lap in a pool until I was 43 years old. I qualified to race in Kona, Hawaii at the Ironman World Championships in three years in 2019. I learned. So if I can do that by, again, showing up consistently, believing that it's possible and just, again, doing the hard things when they're easy and when they're hard, like not giving up and saying, like, if I had a bad day, that didn't define me. That was one day. Tomorrow is a brand new day. I get to start over from scratch. Whatever happened yesterday is over. That's the key to like, you know, kind of building on your consistency. It's like not getting stuck in the negative space. Like that was yesterday, tomorrow's a new day. So I kind of built on that. So for anybody out there, you can run marathons, you can do whatever you want at any age you want. I have friends of mine that are 50, 60 doing triathlon for the first time. It's beautiful. Don't let those self-limiting beliefs because it's a protection. It's an ego protection. You don't want to fail. You don't want to look stupid. Everybody's on social media. Everyone's going to know. That that to me, I, I call BS on that. <laughs> yes. I call so BS on that. I'll let this transition us into designing growth into your life because that's exactly what you ended up doing. And, and all of us start at zero in everything that we do, despite what social media wants us to think. So uh, when you're going to run the marathon, we all start at zero miles and lace up with our first mile. And the thing that I love to talk about when it create when it's about designing growth into your life is your standard is higher for yourself than anybody could ever have for you. So when I look into being a high performer and how I've created this sort of personality and lifestyle and mindset, and how do I do hard things when I don't want to do them, and how do I do a lot of action-oriented things, the answer is my standard is so high for myself because I want to live my best life possible. And certainly having inspirational people around me, whether it's you or Jesse Itzler and Chad Wright and Mark Brown and these people who can show you what is possible for themselves to help show you what is possible for yourself. And I think about when I did Andy Frisella's 75 hard mental toughness program. And before I did it, I didn't want to do it. And I'm sitting there on Siesta Key Beach, uh, listening to Andy's podcast for a second time. And it says, he says, uh, 75 days is a small price to pay for you to be the best version of yourself. If you go all in on this program, I guarantee you, you'll be the best version of yourself. And I sat there and I was like, shit. I was like, <laughs> I'm all in on my dreams and I preach this. I live this. I create content. Yet here's this thing that says, if you do this, you'll be the best version of yourself. And I said, for the reason that I do not want to do this, I am going to do it because I knew there was something out there that was going to raise my standard. And because of that, boom, that bar is always climbing for me in the best way possible. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's what we have to strive for. It's just being a little bit better every day. And you can find new people to inspire you. And, you know, I always say, people say to me, how do you, how do I do what I do, right? How do I spend all these hours training and all this time doing all these things? And then with four kids and family and all this stuff, I said, I just cut out a lot of the stuff that doesn't serve me, right? A lot of the people that, t that drain me of energy. I need every, all cylinders firing at all times for this, for this, um, 
for me to stay in motion because there's just too many things that are pulling at me. So I have to keep myself super efficient or super lean in a way. So it's not dealing with people that are draining, not doing things that I feel obligated to do and that I become resentful for. We we have to be so clear on what our what our goals are so that we don't entertain the things that are going to drag us down. That doesn't mean ignoring your family or not being a good person, but it's okay to say no. It's okay to do things that are in alignment with what you're trying to achieve. And not to entertain the people that that are not. And I think that's a skill and I think that takes practice and it's not that easy to do. But once you start to let go of a lot of the drag, it's like, wow, I'm moving faster and I'm I'm getting, you know, I'm learning more and I'm just becoming a better version of me. I'm surrounding myself with the best people and it it makes you just it's like I, I can't articulate it, but it's like you're like a light like a beam and you just go faster and just I don't know, a cleaner version of you. Yeah, and now, oh, yes, and that, and it can be easy, but oftentimes at the very beginning, it is not because you're going from zero to one. But for yeah. me, one of the biggest game changers of my entire life is I control my inputs. And when you audit your inputs, good in, good out, bad in, bad out. So as you said, the th- more of the things that serve you and less of the things that don't. And this is my coaching fundamentals 101, where you sit there and people oftentimes say, I don't have enough time. I'll get to it later. Oh, someday. And I'm like, wait a second. People always use time as the excuse, but there are so many things that we do in our life that do not serve us, that are actions or that are inputs because the things that you see or consume or watch, those can have a negative drag on you, which then amplifies your bitch voice. And then you say, I don't want to do this, or I didn't create the strategy for how to do this. So now there's uncertainty. So now I can't do it. So now I don't have enough time because I don't know how to figure all of this out. But once you get on this level where you say, wait a second, I'm auditing my inputs and I am only doing things that serve me, all of a sudden you'll realize you have all the time in the world to do the things that you want to do because if it's not what you don't want to do, you're not going to be doing it. Therefore, get rid of all of the stuff that is not one of the top 12 priorities in your life and guess what? You are going to live an abundant, amazing life. Absolutely. But there's, I think there's a misconception that sometimes living that way can be selfish. Like, I think there's a, like, well, how, you get, why do you get to choose to do whatever you want? And, and that's a selfish existence. But I challenge people on that. I said, wait a minute. It's not, first of all, self-worth is not selfish. Self-worth is putting yourself first in a way that you're a better person and you can serve others because your self-worth is higher and you believe in your ability to do things and you have confidence. So there's like this, there's this fine line between living a life in alignment that where you don't ignore your responsibilities. Like we all have responsibilities, but I think people use their obligations or time as a little bit of a crutch. Like I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just say that. Like I meet so many people, Oh, I can't do that. I have to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yeah, but you could outsource that or you could, you know, there's other ways to do that. But, and this is what I, my, my point I'm trying to make is sometimes bad habits are habits. It's habitual, Rob, for people to say, I don't have enough time. That's their go-to. That's their knee jerk. I don't have time for that. 
who has time for that? I can't do that. I have to do. But those things that they're doing that are preventing them from living their best life are just habits. Like when you, every night at around 9 p.m., I want to have a snack, right? (laughs) I'm not hungry, Rob. It's a habit. I know it's a habit. So instead of, you know, grabbing a something unhealthy to eat, I'm changing my habit. I'm making it a little bit better, but I'm still, I'm replacing it. It's like sometimes, so sometimes we have to replace our bad habits with better habits, like better, you know, instead of saying all the time, I don't have time, I'm tired, I'm tired, replace that with, I don't have enough time yet, or I'm feeling a little sluggish today. There's weight, but people have to be willing to shine the light on themselves and say, wow, you know what, Leah, I've had people say to me, you're right. I am using it as a crutch. I am using it as an excuse. And it, it, it's baby steps. We can't, we're not going to change overnight. How many years have you been practicing this and ingesting all of the material to support your goals? I am listening daily to podcasts. I am filling myself with, with positivity. It's a work in progress. And that's you and me. And this is what we do for a living. So I tell people, it's not, you're not just going to wake up and go, I'm making great choices today. This is going to be, I'm going to be, I'm not doing that anymore. That's unrealistic. And it's also setting you up for failure. It's self-sabotage. So people do that too. That's it. I'm going to the gym every day. I'm not eating any sugar or white flour. I'm going vegan and I'm going to do 10 minutes of abs every night before I go to bed. Really? You're not going to do that. Nobody does that. You don't just go from zero to that. So, but that's a self-sabotage. And they go, oh, you know, I I couldn't do it. I got injured. Well, no kidding. I got injured. Of course you're going to get injured. You can't do that. You see what I'm saying? It's like, so I try and help people pick one thing at a time. Do that. Make that a habit. Then we were like, you know, like Jesse's vitamins and like all that stuff. Like make those vitamins become daily habits. It's like now we, we start brushing your teeth. That wasn't always a habit, right? You had to make that a habit. So. It's very simple stuff, Rob, but people overthink it. And then they compare themselves to others and they're like, I'll never get to where she's at. I'll never get to where he's at. But we all started somewhere. Yeah. It's only taken me doing this full time for 12 years to get to this point all all day, every day, the power of consistency. And it's why this podcast exists in the first place, because I say best year ever is a mindset, a lifestyle and a way of being. So you're like, all right, so how does all of this compound? Well, you wake up and you say, today's going to be a great day. And then you brush your teeth and say three things that you're grateful for. Then you read for 30 minutes. Then you drink a glass of water and then you meditate and then you journal and then you go and work out and you, you do these series of small things over and over and over again, which Leah, this brings us to the last thing, which you just talked about is how you are showing up. And the key to this is about being intentional. You want to be intentional about every single area of your life because over the last year, I believe the number one crusade I've been up against, and Jesse always says, find the one thing that you're just going to fight against and you're going to stand up for in this world. And for me, it is creating a healthy relationship to time because all of the people who say, I don't have enough time, and they create these excuses for why they can't do something, whether it's be a better version of yourself or run a 5K or launch a podcast or whatever it is, I know that is an excuse, and I know I've also been on that side of things for a long time in my life, but it does not serve us because no one in the Hall of Fame has ever been at their their enshrinement ceremony, and they're like, well, I would, I would like to attribute me not having enough time for being here for all of my greatness because that does not exist. Instead, what they'll say is, 
I was all in on being the best version of myself and I was 100% committed and I was extremely intentional about every single thing that I'm doing. I was strategic and I brought forth energy and man, there was a lot of days in which I did not want to do this, but I used the power of consistency and I showed up day after day after day. So if you want to change your life, and this isn't from bad to okay, and that can be, but Leah, you and I operate in the difference between good and great and great to the best in the world. We're talking about we are fighting for inches, and that is all possible for all of us, ourselves included, because Leah, you and I, we literally breathe getting better. Like when we're done from all of this, we're going to continue to learn and do things to push ourselves but it is all about being intentional. And there's a book I highly recommend everybody reads if you have not read it yet, The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. It will change your life because when you understand the power in your ability to say, I'm going to be intentional in these buckets of my life with this time, you can do anything because all you've got to do is put your intention on it and get rid of the stuff that's not serving you not that difficult it's really not that difficult and i think the other thing that i think we want to leave everyone with is it just starts starts very small you start a little bit and then you build on it don't try and do everything overnight in one day you're 12 years in the making i was not always like this i was not someone who woke up and worked out every day and i raced and i did all this stuff i didn't do that i learned this was a slow progression this started maybe 10 years ago and it's been every day is new development. Every day I am challenged. I have other challenges I'm trying to accomplish, but we can all learn this. It's not, oh, she's just born that way or he's just born that way. No, we made a, we made a choice. We make a choice every day to fall in. I always say mediocrity is the enemy. It's mediocrity is the enemy of great because it's so easy to slip into mediocrity and everyone can be like, oh, you're doing great. You have a job, you got, and and just slide sit in that and just say oh this is good enough but like you said before and i love it your standards for yourself my standards for myself are way higher than anybody could ever place on me and i can't live with myself unless i'm out there giving my best but on the flip side you and i know there are days we fall short there are days i don't get it done the way i want to or i or i or I get rejected or something doesn't go my way. That's when the rubber meets the road and you have to pick yourself up and go, okay, that's okay. Try again tomorrow. And the people that fall apart at that point are not, their mindset isn't strong enough. They're not with the right people. They're not listening and ingesting the right material. Consumption of everything, what you're watching on television, what you're reading, the news, all this garbage, like you check out your social media feed, make sure everything that you have going on is feeding the right. There's a story about the wolf versus the, um, oh my God, the sh what the heck is it? The, the two wolves, I'm not gonna get into it now, but it's like, which wolf are you feeding? right? Which one are you going to feed? We have to feed the right wolf, the one that's going to bring us to that next level. That's what we, that's what I want to be a next level coach. Next level. Coach. That's what I'm going to call myself. Bro. There we go. We've got two next, <laughs> two next level coaches getting together, having a conversation. Leah, this was fantastic. I yes. And and love everything that you're saying. I can feel your energy. Um, my performance is raised just being in conversation with you. And I love that. Where can everybody connect and find out more about you? 
Um, the best way you can follow me on social media on Instagram. I'm at Leah Jansen. Also check out my website, leahjansen.com. I send out a newsletter. I don't spam you. It's like once a week and I call it Mindset Monday. And I just, you know, I just share tidbits from my life and what I'm doing and how I am pushing through the difficult and challenging days to show up again tomorrow. And I want to hear from you. How are you preparing for what's difficult when it's easy? You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. And when you hit me up, a crazy thing happens. I will respond back to you.